Well, good morning. Happy New Year. That, that sounded terrible. <laughs> Happy New Year. That's what you sounded like. Let's do it again. Happy New Year. Well, 2015 is over. What's the best thing about 2015 for you? I want you to turn to a neighbor, and I want you to share. You got one minute. Go. Best thing that happened in 2015 for you. Go. 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 Sounds good. I didn't hear anything you said, but it sounds good. Did you make your goals for 2015, your New Year's resolutions? Did, looking back, do you remember what they were even? <laughs> well, this time of year, uh, if you turn on the TV, all kinds of shows, you know, the top, the top sports plays of 2015 or the top news shows or events that happened in 2015 or the top songs. It's just hard to believe that 2016's here. 2016. This year, you'll be another year older, hopefully wiser. This year, some will retire, some will um, change jobs, some will go to a university for the first time, some will get married. This year, uh, I know there's definitely going to be some babies born uh, here at this church, right? Around this time of year, we start to think about our lives. We start to think about setting some goals and some New Year's resolutions. So I ask this question, have you started thinking about 2016 and what you want to accomplish, um, what you want to change about yourself, or what goals you want to meet this year? It's a brand new year, never been, never been used up yet. And the typical New Year's resolutions go like this, right? Uh, I want to eat better. Or some of you, maybe it's, I want to eat more, <laughs> okay? Or I'm going to exercise, or I'm going to exercise less this year. Maybe it's for you, it's traveling or staying home or doing more with your family. Maybe you're going to be committed to praying every day or reading your Bible in a year or working on some relationships that have been kind of frazzled. Maybe for you, your New Year's resolution is to make more money or to really get out of debt this year, to start a new hobby, or maybe um, stop becoming a Bears fan. I don't know. Maybe that is your New Year's resolution, but uh, I mean, that would be a good one. So... Um, uh, the, the Vikings, uh, I'm a Viking fan. We beat the Bears twice this year, so it's pretty awesome. Anyway, um, I just have to say that because I've got the mic. Anyway, um, I, I have a cartoon. Resolutions, me? Just what are you implying? That I need to change? Well, buddy, as far as I'm concerned, I'm perfect the way I am. Calvin and Hobbes, perfect. Um, I found this online, and I want to read it to you. Um, uh, some goals in 2016 that I, I pulled offline. Number one, stop doing stupid stuff. That's a great goal. Number two, lose 15 pounds. Number three, eat more beef jerky. That's a great goal. Number four, spend time, more time investing in the lives of others. Number five, be more consistent in personal time with God. Number six, remember to stop forgetting things. Number seven, love my wife and family in deeper ways. And number eight, save even more money at Menards. Number nine, be more complimentary. And number 10, be more like Jesus and less like me. That actually was Phil Ackland's list that he posted on Facebook and I stole it. So good list, Phil. Good job. All right. 
When I think of a new year, um, I think of, of, of pushing the reset button. I think of changing some old habits and beginning some new habits. I think of creating margin in my life where I'm living at 80%, so when the 20% rushes in, I've got some space, I've got some energy. A new year can, can equal a new beginning, a new start. In 2016, you can begin a new life, a new, a new change can happen. I believe this about what I'm about to say here. 2016 can be the best year of your entire life. I believe that. There are some of us who are eager um, for 2016. It's here. We're excited. Your outlook on change and newness is exciting and thrilling. You can't wait to see what's unfolding this year for you and your life. You, you, you see life as an adventure to seek out, and you dive headfirst, and you just can't wait. For some of you, you know what's going to be happening this year. Some of you, you're going to get married this year, so you're pretty excited about that. You're planning that. Some of you, you're having babies, and you're getting everything ready for that, and so you're excited. Maybe for some, you're starting a new job, and you're excited about that. But for some... You've said goodbye to 2015. You're like, I don't want to remember that year. Maybe it was a bad year and you, that you went through or you went through a very difficult time. You still carry the worries and the doubts and the fears or you struggle with loneliness. Or maybe you're, you're caught in an endless cycle of, of a bad habit and you just can't break free from it. Maybe you feel hopeless because of a situation that you're in. Maybe you feel a certain circumstance in your family will never change. Or a circumstance that has you rethinking your, your, your future where you work. Or there's a, a relationship that's not moving forward or it's not healing, it's, it's fractured. Or maybe you, you felt the pinch uh, financially uh, in 2015 and it's really tough for you. The pressure's mounting. Can I just say, sign up for Financial Peace University coming up? <laughs> a little plug there. But I don't know what it is for you, but there's just something going on in your life. And all the while, you feel like giving up. You feel like not trying anymore. If your outlook of 2016, you, you think and you feel that it's, it's, it's only going to bring more pain and more disappointment and, and more discouragement and more sorrow... You see 2016 possibly with a, a tremendous amount of fear. You're not looking forward to it because you know that there's some hurdles. You know that there's something. You don't know what it is, but you just know. And to embrace change and to embrace a new year and to embrace a new start, it's really tough for you. Whether we like it or not, uh, whether we want them or not, there will be changes in our lives this year. Some changes are good and healthy and needed. Other changes will be difficult. Other changes will be painful. But if we're really honest today with ourselves, uh, we all need to make some changes in our lives. We all do with God's help. And that's hard to admit, but it's true. We need to set out on a different path in, in certain areas of our lives. Whether that path is emotionally or, or relationally or physically or, or financially, even spiritually, I've got to do something different. I can't do the same thing. I want 2016 to be different. The pain of changing something in our lives is, is hard to do. 
Just admitting that we need to change can be a process. Breaking free from bad habits is a, is a real challenge. Unlearning a, a negative way of thinking takes time to, to redo that. Launching a, a plan to eat better and begin an exercise program can be very difficult to, to maintain this new year. And reevaluating your financial situation and making some cuts to the family budget can be extremely painful. Change is hard. Change is hard. The Apostle Paul reminds us that we have access to this new life we sung about because of what Christ has done, not because of what man has done or the church has done, but what Christ has done. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says this, He, talking about Jesus, died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live to please themselves. Instead, they will live to please Christ who died and was raised for them. What this means is that those who become Christians become new persons. They're not the same anymore for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. All this newness of life is from God who, who brought us back to himself through what Christ in. You see, God specializes in taking something that's old and broken down and torn and, and wore out and making something new out of that. God is in the business of changing lives. It's true, God loves you and I just the way we are, but because of his love that is so enormous, he doesn't stop loving us the way we are. He looks at you and me as diamonds in the rough. He sees value in you. He sees worth in you. He sees significance and importance in you, that you are unique. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're at, God changes lives. God changes lives. And what's cool is God gets you and I involved in those changes. Yes, they're painful. Yes, they're stretching. And yes, you're like, I can't handle this. God, help me. But he's there. So if you allow God to do some surgery on your heart and your life in this new year, if you give him access and give him permission and give him the keys to the, to, to the doors of your heart and say, God, change me, this is what he promises he'll do. A perspective. He'll give you a new perspective to live life. A new perspective to live life. Do we have that on the screen? Can we get that? To those with a relationship with Christ, we have a new way of looking at life. We have a new way of looking at ourselves. We have a new way of looking at our world. We don't see the way we used to see anymore. Something's different. We don't have the same view as we used to. God has given us a brand new set of eyes to see our world, to see even ourselves. Have you ever seen someone whose life was dramatically changed by God? You ever witnessed that? See the changes happening before your very eyes? Maybe it was you and you saw the, the changes in your own life. Sometimes we hear about a famous athlete or a famous actor uh, giving their life to Christ and we kind of stand back and we kind of watch their life to see if, if there's really going to be changes there. Are they really, do they really understand what they're, what they're doing and committing to? And we, we wonder if their life's going to be different. 2 Corinthians 5 says this, Those who become Christians become new persons. They are not the same anymore, for the old life is gone. A new life has begun. See, with this new perspective to, to, to life, our family and our friends grow deeper. We see our jobs and our workplaces differently. All of a sudden, we see life with a new perspective as we surrender to Christ. 
we make better decisions. With this new perspective, because of what Christ has done for us, we see that, that the words that we do say and the words that come out of our mouth, they really do matter. Because of this new perspective from Christ, the very core of our lives is changing. We don't react like we used to. We, we're not as angry as we used to be. And, and God is doing something. There's a new perspective. We see things differently. And with the start of this new year, it's just three days old. It's, it's, it's a baby. You can have a new attitude about life. You can have a new perspective to, to really live life now. And this new perspective isn't found in a spouse. It's not found in a friend. It's not found from a paycheck or shiny things. This new perspective can't be found in status or or pleasure. This new perspective can only come from God. From God. When when we try to manufacture this perspective and try to live positive without the power of God, without this God inside of us, it'll fall flat. It'll go empty because it's not from him. So God will give you a new perspective if you allow him to. God will also give you power to live life. He'll give you power to live life. When someone surrenders their life to Christ, the Holy Spirit instantly begins to live in that person, helping them change. All the power, think about this, all the power of the Trinity is living on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit does things inside of you and I. This is one thing that he does to help me live my everyday life. To help me live my everyday life. You know, when I was in school, uh, I needed help with math or science. Well, every subject I needed help. But uh, um, I would raise a hand and say, I, I, you know, I, have, I have a question. And so a teacher or an aide would come and they would, wouldn't tell me the answer, but they would help me figure out that answer. They would help me figure out what I was missing, wasn't seeing. And so it's the same, right? We all have mentors and teachers and leaders and pastors and friends, people in our lives that help us along with our life. And they help us. Well, the Holy Spirit is there to help you with your life. He is there to help you with your everyday life, to help you make good decisions, the right decisions. He's there to help you to stay away from the problems and situations that he knows will bring you down. He's, he's there to remind you and to help you with your family and your friends and your job and your finances and your relationship, whatever's going on in your life. This power, this Holy Spirit is, is available to you and I. But it's only available to those who put their faith in Christ. The Holy Spirit draws people to himself, but once you give your life to Christ, Instantly, there's power. And the Bible says this, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, lives in me. Sometimes we just read that and we're like, that's great. But if you really think about that, the same power lives in you. 2016 can be different for you. Another role, well, another verse says this, Philippians 2, for God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. Let me read that again. God is working in you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's working in you. (laughs) God is working in you, giving you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. 
The Holy Spirit has given you the help that you need in your everyday, not church life, but your everyday life. Not just here now, Sunday mornings, but when you go to work tomorrow, when you're with your family. We have access to real power to make real changes in our lives. Another role the Holy Spirit plays in our life is to to help me resist temptation. There is power to resist any temptation that we face in this life. And temptations are swirling all around us every day in every form. God knows that Satan is the accuser. God knows that Satan is the tempter. And God also knows that we have all sinned and we've all fallen short, way short of God's own standard. That's why God sent his son to die on a cross, because we couldn't get there ourselves. But God also promises that the Holy Spirit will help us when we face these temptations. The Holy Spirit is there. A very familiar verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, There isn't any temptation that you've experienced which is unusual for humans. Sometimes we think that we are faced with temptation that no one else struggles with. It's not true. We've all, right? There there isn't any temptation that's unusual. We've all been there. God, who faithfully keeps his promises, will not allow you to be tempted beyond your power to resist. But when you are tempted, he will also give you the ability to endure the temptation as your way of escape. That sounds like a real good friend, someone who will help you stay out of trouble, right? Instead of getting you into trouble. But know this. He won't make the decision to resist temptation for you and me. We need to get away from whatever that tempting situation is at all costs. And he helps us to do that. Another role the Holy Spirit plays in our life is he helps me be more like Christ. He helps me be more like Christ. Galatians chapter 5 says this. I, so I advise you, Paul said, to, to, to live according to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Then you won't be be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 22. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, what does he do? Well, he produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Verse 25 says this. If we are living now by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. See, the Holy Spirit's biggest role is to help you and I become more like Christ. Everything the Holy Spirit does points to Christ. Everything he does. This process to shape you and I into the image of Jesus can be long and difficult at times to change the way we think. And in doing that, we change our behavior. And when the Holy Spirit begins to work on our lives, he chips away the rough edges to make something beautiful Let me ask a question this morning. Is there anyone here that's perfect? Maybe I'll ask this way. Uh, Anyone married to someone perfect? (laughs) I I am. I'm I'm married. (laughs) You see, the Holy Spirit gives us power in helping us live our lives for God, in helping us resist temptation, and helping us become more like Christ. So if you allow God to do some surgery in your heart and life this year, if you make a conscious decision, I need to make some changes. God, I need some help. I need some, a, a new perspective on my life. I need new power to live my life. Well, God will also do this. He'll give you purpose to live life. 
God will give you purpose to live life. The purpose of life isn't to live for ourselves anymore. The purpose of life isn't just to do what we want to do. Living just for me. God gives us a brand new purpose to live life to the fullest for him, for one another. Ephesians chapter 1 says this. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. You can't find it anywhere else. Folks, you can't find it anywhere else. We try and we try, but you can't find it. We find out who we are in Christ. We find out what we're living for in him. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. Not every day will be filled with laughter and joy, with new problems. But we can know in our hearts that God is still in control. That God walks with us in this life through the ups and downs, answering those tough questions about who you are. Why are you here? Is there a God? Are you there? Is there purpose and meaning for me? Is there purpose and meaning for my family? Is there purpose and meaning in the work that I do? in my relationships. God offers you purpose and meaning, <coughs> excuse me, for everyone. So in this brand new year, God promises, if we give him permission to every room of our heart, he promises to give us a new perspective, power, purpose, to live Life, not just survive 2016, but to thrive. You know, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of getting my butt kicked by the devil. I'm tired of just living with good intentions. I, I, wanna, I want power. I want a new perspective. And you get that new perspective by surrendering your life to Jesus. It's repenting of your sins. It's asking for forgiveness It's accepting once and for all what Jesus did once and for all on the cross. He died for our sins. We don't have to carry that burden anymore because he paid the price. If you've made the decision to follow Christ already, once again, it's it's about realigning your life with his, your will with his. If you're out here doing your thing, you're out of alignment. That was kind of our theme last year. And Jesus in his own words said this, John 10.10, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. My purpose, he went on to say, is to give life in all its fullness. You see, the enemy has an agenda for your life and for for your family. Do you you understand that? He he has an agenda for you and and your family and, and mine too. Jesus also has an agenda for your life to give you life in all its fullness and abundance. doesn't say perfect. doesn't say you get everything you want, but he gives you life. There's meaning. There's depth. You go to work differently now. You love differently now. You, you live differently now. Choose Jesus' plan. And if you allow the Holy Spirit to do the, some surgery in your heart and life this year, he will give you new power, 
new power to live your life? Who doesn't need supernatural power to live this life today? We all do. And God offers it to us through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you live your everyday life. He'll help you resist temptation. He'll help you become more like Christ. That's a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal. That's a guy that cares about you and I. So I ask this question. Ponder this in your heart. What areas of your life do you need to surrender back to God? What do you need to allow the Holy Spirit access to in this new year? And I'm wrestling with those as well. This new year, if, if, if we allow the Holy Spirit to do some surgery in our hearts and life, God promises to give us new purpose. Life won't be meaningless or empty. The Holy Spirit will begin to repair and to restore and to renew your life. You don't have to be lost or to live life aimlessly anymore. My encouragement to you is to make a decision, to make a commitment, to, to allow God to give you a, a renewed purpose for your life, a renewed purpose for your marriage, a renewed purpose for relationships that are important to you, a renewed passion for working hard and helping others and being a light. Because I don't got it inside. I need God's help. I need God's power, perspective, purpose. So I'll say it again. 2016 can be the best year of your entire life. It doesn't matter what age you'll be. So this new year's here. A new start can happen. What do you want to see happen in your relationship with God this year? Have you thought about it? Maybe for you, some of you here sitting here, it's beginning a relationship with God. Maybe for some of you, you need a a fresh perspective for life. You find that through his word. You find that spending time with him. Give God permission. Give him access to your life. Maybe for you, you need more power in 2016. Not in your car, not in your snowblower. (laughs) but in you, so you can live life with God with intentionality. Or maybe for you, you struggle with no meaning or purpose, and you want God to fill that void. Will you allow God, will you allow change to happen from the inside out? Because God loves restoring people. He loves taking the stuff, the junk, and the mess that we've made of ourselves, and he loves to clean us up. He loves to make something new. It's never, it's never perfect. But when others look at our life, they see God's done something in your life. I close with this story. A beggar lived near the king's palace, and one day he saw a proclamation posted outside the palace gate. The king was giving a great dinner. Anyone dressed in royal garments was invited to the party. Well, the beggar went on his way. He looked at the rags he was wearing and sighed. Surely only kings and their families wore royal robes, he thought. Slowly an idea crept into his mind. The audacity of it made him tremble. Would he dare? He made his way back to the palace. He approached the guard at the gate. Please, sire, I I would like to speak to the king. Wait here, the guard said. In a few minutes, he was back. His majesty will see you, he said, and he led the beggar in. You wish to see me, asked the king. Yes, your majesty, I I, I want so much to attend the banquet, 
but I have no royal robes to wear. Please, sire, if I may be so bold, may I have one of your old garments so that I, too, may come to the banquet. The beggar shook so hard that he could not see the faint smile that was on the king's face. You have been wise in coming to me, the king said. He called to his son, the young prince, take this man to your room and array him in some of your clothes. The prince did as he was told, and soon the beggar was standing before a mirror clothed in garments that he had never dared hope for. You are now eligible to attend the king's banquet tomorrow night, said the prince. But even more important, you will never need other clothes. These garments will last forever. The beggar dropped to his knees. Oh, thank you, he cried. But as he started to leave, he looked back at the pile of dirty rags on the floor, and he hesitated. What if the prince was wrong? What if he would need his old clothes again? Quickly, he gathered them up. The banquet was far greater than he had ever imagined, but he could not enjoy himself as he should. He had made a small bundle of his rags, and, he kept it, and it kept falling off his lap. The food was passed quickly, and he, he, the beggar missed some of the, the greatest delicacies. Well, time proved that the prince was right. The clothes lasted forever. Still, the poor beggar grew fonder and fonder of his old rags. As time passed, people seemed to forget the royal robes he was wearing. They saw only the little bundle of, of filthy rags that he clung to wherever he went. They even spoke of him as the old man with the rags. One day he was dying. The king visited him. The beggar said, the beggar saw the sad look on the king's face when he looked at the small bundle of rags by the bed. Suddenly the beggar remembered the prince's words and he realized that his bundle of rags had cost him a lifetime of true royalty. He wept bitterly at his folly and the king wept with him. We've been invited into a royal family, you and I, the family of God, to feast at God's dinner table, and all we have to do is shed our old rags and put on the new clothes of faith which is provided by God's Son. Let's pray. God, I pray for my friends today. There may be some here facing 2016, and maybe they're going to face disappointment and discouragement and pain and sorrow. Others are excited about 2016. Whatever our perspective, we, if we're honest, we need to change. We're asking God that <clears throat> you give us a new perspective. You fill us with your power so that we have purpose to live our life as we go to work, as we love our family, as we do all the things that we do to live, but we do it for you. And I pray there may be some here today that are discouraged in some way. They do need a fresh perspective or they do need supernatural power to live this life. Or maybe some here that have lost their purpose, their meaning. And all of this only can be found through Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, if there's any here today that they, they would surrender their life to you, 
they would cry out to you and say, I am so sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for what I've done. Please come into my life. Give me that perspective, that power, that purpose. And God, you promise that you will do that. You will come and live inside of them. You will change their outlook. You will walk with them through the valleys of the shadows of death. You will be with them through their sicknesses and, and times of trials. Thank you for being that kind of God. For others here today, maybe they need power. Maybe they need that purpose. I pray, God, that you would breathe that into them. I pray that they would allow you access to their heart and life. Those doors that have been chained, locked for, for years, that they would allow you access to those and to begin to bring healing and restoration into their, into their lives, into their families, into their emotions, and their whatever it is, God. You know what it is. I pray that they would access that. This year would be the year for change. This year would be the year for healing. This year would be the, the year of forgiveness. Thank you for being a God that cares, for giving us these clothes that we wear, these new clothes of righteousness. Thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.